What's up, guys? This is the Patty Ball back again with yet another episode of Sunday Morning Hoops. I'm here with Sam. What's up, Sam? You know what? Our level of professionalism will always blow me away. I think that we are just the amount of both know-how, capability, and journalistic integrity that we display is truly remarkable. I would say we're in the upper echelon in terms of journalistic integrity. But we have a special guest today, my man Ethan Hartley, out of Philly right now. How's it going, man? Going good. Pleasure to be here. Dude, happy to have you. I know I've been meaning to get you on one of these for some time, so I was glad we could finally do it. But I know I said at the beginning or the end of the last episode we were going to do a top 10 for the end of our uh, top 10 of our I can't talk. Top 10 NBA players of all time for each of us. That was such a hard sentence. Thank um, God we have post-production. Thank yes. God we have post-production. Yes. Yes. Um, but we're not going to do that because the NBA schedule just dropped. And we're going to dive into that. So I think the first question I wanted to, to pose to you all is, uh, are you guys hyped for NBA basketball to come back in about, I mean, preseason's in a week. Everything else is in two and a half weeks. Are you guys hyped? Man, I am so excited. I have been waiting for the NBA low these many weeks. And although the season did just wrap up and it feels like I was just talking about the Los Angeles Lakers hoisting the trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy high above their heads, taking that championship win down in Orlando, I am equally and maybe even more so excited to talk about this upcoming season because this upcoming season is going to be unlike any we've ever seen before. Fewer games, they all matter just a little bit more. The scheduling, it's going to be interesting how they do it. We're going to get into it. It's going to be fun. But yes, Patrick, I am excited for the NBA to return. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can't be excited. Um, You know, a a short turnaround, so you don't have to wait too long. You know, we had that whole week of, um, I forget what came on Monday, but I know the draft was on a Wednesday, then free agency started on Friday. Like, it was just like back to back to back, and that's just the Mm -hmm. most exciting it can be but I'm also excited for my own team we made some significant improvements um Patrick now has to deal with the disappointment of Al Horford I don't have to worry about that anymore it feels great I'm excited I mean I yeah I just don't know how you can't be yeah I'm really excited to watch Al Horford and Shay and some picks play yeah it's gonna be fun but I am also very excited I mean it's the NBA. It's basketball. Like, come on. You can't not be excited. But I think now that the schedule is out, national TV games are all set for the first half of the season. I wanted to – we can go around, do a couple turns of this because there's quite a few games. I wanted each of you guys to kind of talk about one game you're looking forward to, and we'll go around a few times so we'll hit a few games. But Sam, give me one game right off the bat you're looking forward to. I mean, obviously I'm excited for my Portland Trailblazers season open. That's going to be big time, and I'm excited for it. But actually, you know what? There is such a slate of Christmas games to be excited about. We all know the NBA season, whether it starts in October, whether it starts in December, it starts on Christmas. That is when everybody starts watching the NBA, starts paying attention to the NBA. That's when the NBA gets fun. And you know what? I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with two games, actually. I think there are two games that are going to be three, four, maybe more. I don't know. There's a lot of great games on Christmas that I'm excited for. The one that sticks out the most, though, how could it not? Warriors Bucks, Healthy Steph. Jan is coming back. He's got a better crew than he did last year somehow. I don't really understand it, but you're going to tell me Drew Holiday doesn't improve that team? He does. It's going to be a defensive nightmare playing against them. 
I think that's going to be a really fun ball game. I'm excited to see what James Wiseman can do down there in the Bay. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think this is going to be a good game. 2.30, ABC. It'll be a good time. Warriors, Bucks. That's the first game on the schedule that I see that really sticks out to me. Yeah, one that I'm looking at, it's uh, all the way in January. And I don't think I've really, like, in my lifetime, been able to see something like like this. So it's the Charlotte Hornets play the New Orleans Pelicans on January 8th. I don't think we've ever really seen, like, two brothers who have, like, such high profiles and obviously such high draft picks, like, play against each other to the point where they'll have significant roles in the games where they play each other. It'll, it'll be cool to see, even though I'm not a big fan of the ball family and the the media things that they do. That's the best way I can put it. Ethan, are you telling me you don't you didn't ever watch Ball in the Family? Are you kidding me? Ever one. I was in the okay, background you know shot on that show, so that's my small claim to fame there. But I hold on am, a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I just want to break this down really quick because this seems important to get into. Um, Patrick, how much of Ball in the Family did you watch? I think a whole season. I, uh, oh. I watched a lot of Ball in the Family. I I oh. actually I got to meet Lavar, which was cool, and I got to watch uh, Lamelo and Leangelo play in their uh, their uh, JBA league, which is just them playing against a bunch of people who are nowhere near their level of talent. So I think they won by like seventy or something. But yeah, I uh, it's I I do like I used to like the Ball Family a lot more. I mean, I still do, but. That's where my nickname came from. Where do you think Lapati Ball came from, Sam? That's oh, I know where it came from. It's just disappointing. Like I, I get it. I fully understand it. I get the reference. It's not like you're being slick or anything like that. I just think that it's uh, of all the references you could be making, I'm I'm curious why that's the one that sticks out to you so much. You Chino Hills wannabe. Hey man, I wanted to be the fourth Ball brother for a long time. I don't anymore. I'm okay. I'm my own man now. But uh, I think. Going back on track here, I think one game that I am looking forward to, you got, I, I know it's really basic, but opening night, you got, I'm going to choose both the games on opening night. You got the Warriors and the Nets. So you got Kevin Durant playing against his old buddies and a fully healthy Kevin Durant at that, a Kevin Durant who has not played a basketball game since in Toronto in game five of the NBA finals, which didn't really end well for him, which sucks, but he's back. He's got Kyrie against uh, Steph. Draymond, James Wiseman and friends, Andrew Wiggins, shout out Andrew Wiggins. And then at, right after that game is done, you got the Clippers and the Lakers. I mean, come on. Like, even if you're not really entrenched in a side in this battle, uh, it's just going to be a fun one. It's going to be fun to watch Kawhi Leonard playoff P uh, take on the reigning champs who got even better somehow this offseason. So that that's one game. Those are two games that stick out to me. But let's go around one more time. Sam, you got any other games that are sticking out to you? Let's go with another one on Christmas while we're at it. I think that the Mavericks and the Lakers will be a really fun ball game. I think that Luke is going to develop into a lot of people are saying MVP candidate. I think that he becomes he he takes a step toward that. I'm not sure he's quite there yet, but he takes a step toward that. Porzingis Good as always. That dude can. That dude's good for twenty-five and ten a night. It seems like night in and night out, he's consistently producing. I think that the Bucks are building. Not the Bucks. Excuse me. The I'm thinking about the other horse-like creature. The Mavericks are an improving team, and I'm excited to see what they'll be able to do against the defending champs, the all-powerful Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, my next pick might be a little bit biased, but when I saw this, it was very interesting. Kind of showed, I guess, like a 
lack of creativity and schedule, but it makes plenty of sense with the pandemic. Uh, so Philadelphia 76ers, my team, uh, play the Boston Celtics back-to-back -back at home uh, January 20th and 22nd against the Boston Celtics. So obviously, you know, I hate the Celtics with a passion. So for me, that'll be fun to watch. And twice in a row, can't get better than that. Yeah, I noticed a few of those on the Thunder schedule, which are, it's kind of, I mean, I totally get it. It's smart, but I mean, it is, it is kind of weird playing the same team back to back. But uh, yeah, my next pick here is kind of bias. I'm going the second day of the season now, so I'm not really going very far into the season, but Oklahoma City Thunder are playing their first game at the Houston Rockets. So, I mean, obviously from a Thunder standpoint, I want to see what, what is this team even going to look like? I don't know. It could be totally different from that, from right now to when they start playing games. They could have a totally different roster. But I'm really excited to see John Wall and James Harden. That backcourt is a backcourt I'm really excited to watch, especially if John Wall even comes close to his form that he was back when he was healthy. And it, it's been a while. John Wall's last game was – it'll be almost two years ago to the day. It was December 26, 2018. So he has not played basketball in just under two years. So I think it's going to be – Awesome to see this matchup. I don't think it's going to be a close game at all. Uh, I just think it'll be fun to see. From, uh, uh, I don't know, getting back to normal, hopefully, or in, especially for John Wall, who will actually get to play a basketball game again, which is cool. But so now I was going to dive into the the, um, the national TV schedule we got here. Yes. There's, um, I think the most, at least I have here, I know every number, every site does it a little differently. Some don't include NBA TV. Some numbers are off sometimes, but I got the, the Warriors and the Lakers right here have 30 of their 36 games on national television. Those are the top two, but I was going to, you know, do the go around again. Anybody got any major gripes, any major things that you really liked on this thing? Sam, I'll let you kick it off again. Uh, I feel like you're letting me kick it off because you know exactly where I'm going with this, but excuse me if I'm wrong because there very well could be. How are you going to let a New Orleans Pelicans team who lost their star point guard and is building around a young core, which is cool. It's fun. It's exciting to see. I think that the Pelicans will be a pretty legit team here in a year or two. Why do they play 19 national TV games? 19. Do you know how many hours of Pelicans basketball that is? Do you really... That is... You're almost you're you're sitting down for almost fifty hours of Pelicans basketball if you're gonna watch all of this. Now, if you're a Pelicans fan or if you're from the great state of Louisiana, I get it. I totally get it. That sounds like a mighty old time down there in the bayou. But what I'll tell you is that as an NBA fan and as somebody who enjoys watching NBA basketball, I'm not gonna enjoy watching the Pelicans for fifty plus hours. Zion is fun. Brandon Ingram is an all-star ball is entertaining jj reddick is fun in press conferences but this is not a 19 national tv game out of 36 kind of team it just isn't they are a team that i think will be fun to watch at times i think will be extremely ugly to watch at other times and i just hope for the sake of the national viewing audience that this is a team that can come out and impress because if they don't this is a bad team well then folks you are in for a lot of bad basketball 
Yeah, I completely agree. One that stuck out to me, so I'm looking at a tweet. The numbers are a little bit differently, but this shows um, one national TV game for the Atlanta Hawks, who probably have one of the most exciting off seasons, in my personal opinion. I think most would agree with me to be uh, put into the group with the Bulls, Hornets, Knicks, and Timberwolves, all who also have one game. I think just seems like a little off. I mean, who wouldn't want to see this team who's now adding – you know, a big veteran presence after being just filled with young talent and, you know, to seem to finally uh, go over the curve into potentially a playoff team. I think they will be one for sure, especially in the Eastern conference just seems a little off for me to only get one national TV game. Yeah. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. Cause there are, there are quite a few teams that I am not really pleased with the numbers on. So Sam mentioned the Pelicans have 19. I mean, again, my numbers are a little different here, but the Denver nuggets have 17. The Utah Jazz have 16. The Dallas Mavericks have 13. The Brooklyn Nets have 12. The Toronto Raptors have 11. The Miami Heat, the Miami Heat, the team that just went to the NBA Finals, has six, six national television games. Why? Who makes this? Like, what? That's just, it's just so dumb. I'm sorry. This is a Miami Heat team that just went to the Finals. This is a Denver Nuggets team that just went to the conference finals. These teams have less than the Pelicans, a team that played like garbage in the bubble and missed the playoffs by a wide margin, especially compared to how many games they played in the bubble and how many the Pelicans had the easiest schedule in the bubble. They didn't even make the playoffs. And now they have so many national television games. I just think that's stupid. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I know Zion's the next big thing, essentially. The NBA is labeling – I'm not saying he is. The NBA is labeling him as that, and they're marketing him as that. But the Miami Heat are so fun to watch, and you're going to give them six, six national television games. I, I just think that is stupid on so many levels. I just don't get the thought process here. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I, this is why I'm not an NBA executive. I don't schedule Zion Williamson for every possible game to that, that can be played on national television. But I just think that's stupid. And what happens, of course, God forbid, but what happens if Zion or Brandon Ingram or Ball or somebody, somebody who's important to this franchise goes down early in the season? Then what do you have? Imagine, and again, God forbid it happened because we never wish injuries upon anybody. God forbid it happened. What happens if Zion misses more time? What happens if he misses uh, two months? How many national TV games are in those two months that we're going to have to try to watch? Imagine what would happen if Brandon Ingram were to go down to. You know how terrible this team gets in just two quick moves? Lose Brandon Ingram and this team is already not great. Brandon Ingram is the best player on this team. I don't care what anybody says. Brandon Ingram's the best player on this team. Lose Brandon Ingram and you got a problem. Lose an injury-prone Zion you got an even bigger problem. Meaning that the, the player that the national TV audience is trying to watch isn't there. Because the Pelicans are in an interesting situation. Their best player isn't their most popular player. But if one or both of them happens to get injured, what are you going to do? Do you flex out of those games? Do you reschedule? What do you try to do here? What happens if somebody for the Pelicans... What happens if there's a COVID outbreak within the team? That's a complete possibility that nobody's really mentioned too much of going into the scheduling is how much that is a potential possibility. We saw it in the MLB. We see it rampant in the NFL. It's really difficult without a bubble to keep all these guys safe all the time. And if you have a team that is so reliant on one or two pieces to be anywhere near relevant and something were to go down, I can tell you really quickly that this schedule would become a whole lot more boring 
real quickly. Yeah, I think I've even seen last year because the same thing happened. I think the Pelicans even got kicked off of some national TV games. Like, they switched them around. I can kind of remember seeing some tweets. I can't really confirm that. But, yeah, my list has the Heat with 10, um, which is a decent amount. Uh, but something else, I mean, I know, like, the Spurs are on, you know, the downfall. Um, but I think they still have some decent talent. They have zero, which is a little bit shocking to me because that's also grouped with the Cavs, Kings, Magic, Pistons, Thunder, and Wizards, who are all pretty bad. But I think the Spurs are a little bit decent to maybe at least get one, at least one more than the Knicks, I think. I mean, I just hate the Knicks. I mean, who doesn't? They're, I mean, they're hot garbage. But Grizzlies also getting three is a little bit interesting for a team that's on the up and up. Yeah, I just – I don't really get the decision-making here. Like, you give a guy like Zion, 19, and you give a guy like John Morant, who won Rookie of the Year. I mean, you can debate whether he, Zion was injured most of the year, so there wasn't really a contest there. But you give him three games, like, I, I just – there's just no consistency with that. I, I just think that is just so – stupid on so many levels but i think i think one more thing that i was going to throw out to you guys um is i want to ask each of you how this you feel the schedule thing went for your team i mean i know it's only half the schedule so could be heavy on some teams could be light schedule for others but uh, actually ethan i'll start with you this time because sam always gets to start uh how do you feel about the schedule for the sixers right now so I, I think it's fine. I, I haven't really like taken a deep dive into it, but I did look at some of the more like important dates like Christmas and MLK and I saw we were left off on, left off on both of those days. I, I mean, I kind of understand. I mean, last year we were abysmal, you know, just a complete meltdown, but I think we've made like a lot of good changes, even though, you know, maybe on paper they don't look nearly as well, but I think in terms of a system and getting the pieces that fit, I think we've really excelled for that. So I think, to be left off just stings a little bit, but I can kind of understand if you if you base everything off of last season because obviously last year we were horrendous. Yeah, Sam, I'll throw it over to you now. How do you how do you feel the schedule turned out for your Portland Trailblazers? Well, I'm pulling it up right now just to look at it, but what I can tell you is that it is going to be difficult coming out of the coming out. Like it is it is not an easy schedule by any means. This team starts with home games against Utah and Houston. So, not a great start. Then you got four games in the state of California. Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Warriors. Not a great, not going any better at this point. Then it eases up a little bit with Chicago, Minnesota, Sacramento. Home for Toronto at Sacramento again. Indiana, Atlanta, San Antonio, Memphis, it goes on. If Portland can get through the opening stretch, the opening six games, two and four, or somehow three and three, I think they're set up really well. But they could legitimately go 0 and 6 to start the season. I'm not sure how many people it would surprise. I don't think they're going to be favored in any of these opening six games by any means. I think that you can beat Utah, could beat Houston, probably not going to beat the Lakers, probably not going to beat the Clippers, and should probably split with the Warriors. Should probably. You never know. Steph Curry could have one of those weekends. But it is going to be a difficult task for the Trailblazers, to say the least, to do much beyond what they did last year. 
just based off this first half of the schedule, maybe in the second half it gets easier and it's a lot more lenient toward difficulty. But at this point, even though the team is improved, the schedule still worries me for the Trailblazers a little bit. I think that's a fair, fair, fair evaluation. Uh, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. Like my team is not going to be good, so any stretch is going to suck. Like the let's go. So they're at Oklahoma City's at Houston first game at Charlotte versus Utah versus Orlando versus New Orleans at Orlando and. Like that's, that's not three a, three. If, if that's a if this is a fringe playoff team that is not a terrible stretch by any means but I this isn't a fringe playoff team this is a team that's gonna sit in the cellar for most of the year so I mean I'm probably gonna watch as many of those as I can but it's just uh, what am I'm not having I don't have any expectations for any of that I mean you know maybe they can beat Charlotte because Charlotte's really weird I don't know but. What am I? I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. My team is just gonna suck. I've come to terms with it. I I I had a, so many seasons where my team was really good. You know, I I can I can just accept that things are gonna be better with all these draft picks. So I'm I, I really have no thoughts on the schedule because it's just gonna suck in terms of a record standpoint. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't know, but. Anything I mean, else you guys I think, really, I think you oh, have sorry, a little bit ahead. more. Uh, I was just going to say, I did uh, just look at our schedule just now, and I realized how uh, easy it is in the beginning. Uh, Washington, Knicks, Cavs, Toronto, Orlando, Hornets twice, and Wizards. I mean, we could easily be off to an 8 no start. Um, God, I wish Toronto I was a fan of an East Coast team. One. I mean, we've had some pretty poor games, if you all remember, uh, and beat going scoreless over 11 in that game and we only lost by like single digits which is surprising but yeah and even after that it's not terribly hard I mean we have Brooklyn and Denver back to back but then Atlanta Miami Miami twice in a row uh, Memphis uh, Oklahoma and Boston twice and Detroit twice I mean it's not terrible I mean I, I see a winning record and I wouldn't hope that follows through I I think that Philly. I mean, with you just hearing that schedule, number one, I wish I was a fan of an Eastern Conference team. Number two, Philly should be fine. I think that Philly's made some of the best moves this offseason. I really do think that. I'm not sure how the. I'm not. I'm not overly confident in Doc Rivers because, as you may have heard Patrick say before on this show, he's got his issues with Doc Rivers. But if this is a playoff team, it's a team that should win most of those games. I think that you're you're in for a decent season, Ethan, and I'm I'm a little jealous. I think both of us are that you you know you got the playoffs wrapped up at least. Yeah, I okay, mean, Sam. even as a six seed, losing to Boston as a sweep, uh, just not exciting. <laughs> well, you are listening to the unenthusiastic NBA show here on a Sunday. Uh, before we get any further. Patrick, I don't know what you're saying about your roster. It looks like you guys got some got some guys on here. I don't know what you're complaining about saying that you're not going to be able to win games. You've got Trevor Reza, Darius Basley, Deontay Burton. You got Lou Dort still, Terrence Ferguson, Melvin Frazier Jr., Shea Gildress Alexander, the great Danny Green, Kevin Hervey, who isn't even in uniform in this picture that they have of him on the website, George Hill, Frank Jackson, Justin Jackson, uh, TJ Leaf. Oh my gosh, TJ Leaf. You guys are, yeah. You'll be fine. I don't know what your Andrew Andre Robeson's back. I don't know what you're complaining about. You'll be okay. Yeah, you you bring up a really good point there, Sam. I uh, you know, 
I mean, I, I think they'll be competitive. Like if this isn't like the Knicks here where the team is just going to suck, like they're going to, they're going to play some close games. They have decent pieces. Like Lou, they have some good young pieces. Shea, obviously I've talked about Shea a lot on the show. Uh, Lou Dort. Again, I've talked about him a lot. Darius Baisley, I, I think is going to improve quite a bit this year, but that's three players I just named. You kind of need like eight good players. I mean, I mean, yeah, whatever, George Hill, Al Horford, but it's just, I don't think that either, I don't think those guys are going to last very long. I think they're going to end up being traded for some more draft picks. I know we have quite a few of those obviously, but it's just, it's not that I'm not excited. It's just that I have no expectations. I mean, I guess I had no expectations last year and it worked out pretty well, but I don't have Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari and Steven Adams here to save me this time i got a. are you telling me that newcomers trevor ariza melvin frazier jr and danny green aren't going to do the same thing uh i'm gonna be honest with you here sam uh no i i know stunned i have no that's all i have to say no i mean i i hope we still win a few games i mean not too many because i want those draft picks to cash in but yeah wow um all right we're already at like 25 minutes so we're, we're pretty close to being wrapped up any any final thoughts you guys have on the schedule that you want to get out speak now forever hold your peace blah 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 you i think this Horford, is gonna i think be... you should be pretty excited going into this season i don't i don't know what can't be done with al horford trevor reason danny green on the field mm-hmm. at the same time do you guys just like picking on me is it fun yes, or something is... it is at least for me, because you, you get to experience what I experienced, except you don't have any expectations. So I guess that makes it a little bit better. There's the caveat there. No expectations. So I don't care if Al Horford plays like trash. He's not my problem. I don't care what he does. He's not here to stay. He's going to be gone. I If y'all continue to listen to the show, you will hear throughout the season weekly therapy sessions as Patrick goes through the five stages of grief watching his team play. Hey, man, I, I'm, I'm going to be hyped the first two games to watch, but then it's going to set in and I'm going to be like... I'm still going to watch most of their games. I have nothing else to do right now. I'm doing nothing. So, you know, I'm hyped. But Check back in a month from now for our new episode titled Crying in the Club. I'm not going to be in a club, Sam. I'm going to be in my bedroom crying, watching games on my laptop, just trying to sink the pain away. But, hey, at least the Oregon basketball team looks good. So I'll leave it, uh, well, for one out of two games. But, you know, this is an NBA show. So, um Ethan, any last thoughts here other than Al Horford being on my team now? That's all about I can think of. I mean, it's just, it's tremendous. I mean, I don't know why you don't have like the biggest smile on your face right now. I mean, what's there to not be excited for? I mean, this, he can do everything. He's, he's the Embiid stopper. Both when he's on the team and off the team, it seems. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, at least, much. at least I have a way to stop Joel Embiid now in my corner. So watch out. No way to stop Ben. Actually, Lou Dork could guard Ben Simmons pretty well. I take that back. So you're done for, Ethan, essentially. <laughs> oh, man, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be terrible. What's what's the day? Uh, December, no, January. January. 17th. 17th. Yep. Save the date. Save the date. Um. Wow. Okay. Uh, Sam, Hold on a minute. I'll hand it Should to you. We, any, uh... any last uh... – should we have Ethan on after that that game is played just to get some some thoughts and feelings on it? Because I feel like we should get a breakdown from somebody close to the source. Yeah, I vote yes. Ethan, you're All back right. on the show on that day now. We'll be, we'll, be doing, we'll be doing a uh, – if nothing else, we'll be doing a special Instagram live episode where we just watch Patrick cry on social media. Hey, you know what? I've done that a couple times. So 
it's always sports related though. So, I mean, it works out. It works out. But all right, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on. We're obviously going to have you on again in some form for this game here, but we had a blast. I hope you had a blast. Uh, Great. Excellent. Sam, thank you as always. It's always a pleasure being there again the dark room today sam is this a common theme now um i think as the as as the winter months continue on um i'll continue to forget to turn on my ring light but uh as soon as as soon as it gets a little nicer outside i'm sure that it'll brighten up in here i'm just i'm just keeping it nice and uh nice and nice and cool and casual in here for now i dig it i dig it well thank you to everybody listening uh be sure to tune in to the games we mentioned in a uh, wow, little less than two weeks, three weeks now, which is really exciting. But thank you as always, everybody, you two, the people listening, and have a fantastic week. Hey, let Mellow wear seven. We're out.